So welcome to Film Punch. We just watched the Neil Breen masterpiece, um, Fateful Findings, and uh, the Roger Corman classic, Battle from Beyond the Stars. And we'll start with Neil Breen. <laughs> Where to begin? <laughs> uh, well, I'm here today. I'm Dave Clearman. I'm hosting, and I'm here with. Um, howdy, folks. Um, I'm I'm uh, Al Kikuski, um, and uh, Dave. I'm very glad to you've uh, recommended these two films to watch, and I, I had a blast. And, and Sharon is. <laughs> Um, yes, we had we had a lot of fun laughing hysterically at both of these movies, but uh, yeah, Neil Breen. What what to say about Neil Breen? Neil Breen is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Breen has himself the problems. Lynch without being really good artists. It's, uh, he's David Lynch's. Evil twin. <laughs> yeah, Sharon makes a great point. Let's just evil twin. There is, there's a couple people who go and make, um, and make bad movies just because they're incompetent. There's some people who make bad movies, but it's clear that there's a personal statement. That's kind of what makes like mm -hmm. the room so good, and, right. and Plan Nine, and and the Glenn or Glenda from Ed Wood so good, but. Breen kind of blew me away because this is a guy who has a lot of arty pretensions yeah. to go with the complete inability to do any of yeah. that. Yeah, he, it opens up with a shot that's kind of reminiscent of 2001. Like you're going down this narrow corridor and uh, later on there's a, a monolith-ish scene, yep. but it's like a black trash bag over a mirror. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. That that's kind of one thing where I realized we were in a very very special ride here. because because if you're gonna do a monolith, um, there is a lot of effective ways to do this really cheaply, like taking a big block of wood and painting it black. So to decide to make a monolith in what turns out to be nine other kinds of stories in this um, in this film is it's interesting that he tried it but also interesting that the the idea of covering it with uh, black garbage bag plastic completely doesn't work it just looks like complete <laughs> another failure it, it looks like a it looks like a trash bag I mean yeah. well, there's, there's well, no... it, to me it kind of reminds me of like a sealer killer's kill room really it was like it was mm -hmm. like it was like out of Dexter, like is he yeah. Going, is he going to kill this woman that is trapped in him? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and, right. And there's more. Right, and there's so many connections on because to that because Neil Breen comes across like um, he has this Tommy Wiseau quality of not really looking like he landed on this planet recently <laughs> he has one one heck of unique a heck of a unique delivery um uh and and when he smiles it's literally is a smile you get from a serial killer yeah. you can tell through yeah. his michael myers uh, uh plastic mask yeah. i don't think he smiles very often <laughs> well, I, think, I think it's the Botox. So I, I think it's the Botox. So. <laughs> right. And plus, he's so angry and or tired all the time <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I'm so tired. I am so tired. I have a lot what to do. do? <laughs> <laughs> the computer's not on. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's he's having his little rant. He has a desk with encyclopedias on it yes, and and three laptops there's three laptops oh. just placed randomly on this desk and he's like either knocking them on the ground or throwing papers around or knocking the encyclopedias on the floor and and yelling at i think publishers about no i didn't have a contract no i will not give me the book <laughs> i'm writing a book but i don't oh. want your money yeah essentially what he's telling his publisher yeah I, I work I work in, in computers for a living, so this film was like seeing the Saw series for me because 
There was not a, every single time that he would have a laptop, it was just inviting abuse on him. He was throwing the laptop over or hurling his encyclopedia on it. Or, or there was one where he's really nervous. Yeah, he's really nervous and he's <laughs> jiggling the coffee so it's spilling. I said, no, no. And then it, as it drags on enough for him to deliberately spill some coffee on it. Like, ah! <laughs> What they ever do to you? <laughs> I also work in computers for a living, so I totally relate. Like, what are you doing in laptops? What they do to you? <laughs> do we want to go and try for a plot of what the heck is going on in this in Fatal Findings? Uh, I don't know. Okay, it's it's a sort of a combination of some kind of like mysticism, it seems, and yeah. then. Uh, uh, and then a person, uh, Neil Breen, gets involved in a very inopportune car accident that uh. that gets him out of the um, uh, and that lets him out of the hospital. And then you meet his wife, who's sort of the Russian bride version of Catherine Keener. She looks like, <laughs> and then her and then her two friends who. Are, uh, every single scene they're in, it takes them four seconds before they start squabbling and throwing <laughs> throwing stuff at each other. They're, they're pretty much like your classic like white trash, really. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. Yeah, you got your white trash couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so you get these just garish rom- romantic dr- uh, drama things. Yeah. So it's, um, it's days of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> and then every so often, though, you get this mystical thing where he's fondling a Kind of a black cube, and then exactly, and then you get to these um, uh, visions of being in the garbage monolith room. <laughs> <laughs> and he, which I thought was the Black Lodge, but I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so the movie starts off as two little kids, and they come to this tree where there's a mushroom, and then the mushroom transforms to like this box. And the box has the black cube in it. So they're like, okay, we'll take the black cube. And then Neil Breen says, and I never saw her again. <laughs> but then later, they're reunited. <laughs> although she's like 20 and he's like 50. And, and you didn't realize it was him because literally she came in the room with the doctor in the, in the hospital and never looked at his chart. <laughs> Which doctors tend to do? They never look at the patient's chart. <laughs> she just wandered in and she said, well, this, isn't, "This isn't my patient, but but <laughs> yes, which is that might be rule three of health, quote unquote, health school." <laughs> yeah, and, and you you this that was one of the first ones where I think something was up because she says that she's a neurologist, which she uh, demonstrates by measuring his pulse well, yeah. and saying he's really weak. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you can barely sense his brain from there, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, but the, the, yeah. Breen shares that also another unfortunate trait of Wiseau in that he's a little too enamored of showing himself naked uh, <laughs> yeah, for, for no. no ungodly only, reason. Only in that one. In the other one I watched, it wasn't like that. Oh, oh so, well then, much appreciated, it. Dave, for recommending this one. <laughs> I didn't know. I hadn't seen it. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, Although, I think in Double Down, he was naked, too. Mm. I've forgotten that, but I think that was, yeah, that was part of their review. (laughs) And his, he also, he also shares, like, just an atrocious kind of hairstyle that's um, half balding, half mullet thing, complete with complete with really pointy sideburns. Yeah. It's like he's almost close to being like Starburns from Community. Yeah, it's kind of disheveled and unkempt, but kind of tailored. You know, honestly, I have to amend it. I, I knew that the movie I knew the movie was going wrong when it starts with his accident and then they visit a neurologist to think that he has brain damage because he actually looks and acts all through the movie like as if Richard Gere had gone through a horrible neurological accident. <laughs> like, if Richard Gere... Got incredibly disheveled, oh, yeah. got a fondness for jean jackets, and decided like to to t- deliver every single line as uh, if he was listening to one of these voicemails for a pharmacy that gets him to wait. So he would say things like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just great watching him just attempt to, yeah. even, it's, it's, it's beyond bad acting. It's yeah. beyond, it's bad acting human. Yeah. Yeah. The, the interactions in this are completely alien. Mm-hmm. This, this, people don't interact the way any of these people interact with each other. Yep. <laughs> It's yeah. like, why, why did you come to my house? And, and she came and swam naked and took a bubble bath. But, but, but coffers! She used your coffers. <laughs> I said she couldn't good. come back like she unless she calls first. <laughs> oh, and the reactions are just combined with some of the most thoughtless editing you have ever seen. Like, you have, what was it, six people around the table? Well, yeah, like come over, come over for dinner, and there they are. The yeah, table. they're like, we should come over for dinner, and then the next scene is all of them sitting at dinner. The, literally, not the next scene. The, the, the next second, second. Yeah. is there in? Yeah, the next second. Yeah, they're yeah. over at dinner. <laughs> and and then when they're when they're talking during dinner, you can tell it was all filmed at a different time, and yeah. not even necessarily the same room. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, they would have a scene where there was a scene where uh, he's arguing with his wife, and his wife and his he tells his wife, "We never talk anymore." Caught next second, she's at his desk going, "I'm through talking." Okay, yeah, through talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and then they knock everything off the desk and have sex. I guess. They, oh, they knock! Oh my God, they knock! That was one of the moments where I straight, I straight up lost my they, mind they because one laptop off, off then deliberately another and laptop. Then they knock the other laptop off. Then they engage in some attempted passionate kissing, which is interrupted halfway through for Neil Breen to randomly grab some papers and throw them into the air. And then they're like grabbing each other's shirts. Yes. Yeah, they're ripping, ripping each other's shirts. Ripping each other's shirts. It was. It was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. It was so awkward. And then, speaking of, of awkward scenes, the the one where the guy kidnaps the lady. Yes! He's dressed, like, all in black during the day. <laughs> and they, like, he runs up to her, and then they're, like, not sure how to, like, grapple. Yes! Oh, my God, yes. It reminded me. Well, the, be, the best part is when they, he drops the crib note and is, and is like, uh, get her, take her to the storage facility. And <laughs> Completely <laughs> list. Like, yeah, they had, they had a list of things they had to do, and it, too. it had the address of the storage facility. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the thing is, it's like, and another example of, like, I wonder, what planet is this guy from? He's calling her on her cell phone. Clearly, he gets the voicemail message. Yet he goes on a two-minute diatribe of, "Where are you? Where are you? Don't worry, I'll go find you. I love you. Where are you? I see your purses." She can't interrupt whatever she's doing. To him. He's like, "Where are you? Your purse is on the ground outside your house. Where are you? Take off." Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That just. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that 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 part where they, they where she gets kidnapped, they're just they're just like wrestling like not even seven year olds had more choreography. It's like three year olds at a playground trying oh, to no, get the slide. I've seen my like, kids at work wrestle better. I totally have. Yeah, <laughs> they they wrestle way better. <laughs> I've broken up way better wrestling sessions than that. I, mm-hmm. I yeah, say. it reminded <laughs> me of this great scene from uh, the black exploitation parody. I'm gonna get you, sucker. When yeah. um uh, when Isaac Hayes is meeting a goon and, and says uh. And they make a kung fu pose, and one of them says, "Hey, wait a minute. Do you know kung fu?" Okay. No. Do you? No. Want to wing it? Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At each other. I'd forgotten about that scene. That's a great scene. <laughs> oh my god! And then, oh, and then you, after you get all this, these crazy, right? That you have a kidnapping plot in the middle. Why is she getting kidnapped, though, Dave? Yeah. Because, because he has a line on the a conspiracy amongst. Apparently, all the government and all of the corporations. Yes. And the banks. And, and the, the banks. banks. <laughs> yes. And the banks. It is the vaguest conspiracy theory I've ever heard because he never even does one – he never says one detail. No. I've just, no. just no. so I don't even know what that was. I, I'm still, I'm still, dude, I'm still parsing in my own head. Is he trying to make a parody of conspiracy theories like 
See, Bank is responsible. Well, I, I think even in Passer, which is the other one that I watched, it was the same kind of thing. Like, oh, the bankers are evil and the politicians are evil and the corporations are evil, but there's like nothing specific. There's no like, oh, it can't even like make up a name. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you could have said Acne Corporation. Uh -huh. It's terrible. They keep killing yeah. all these coyotes. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Just give something. Make something Make something up. But uh, yeah. but it, it looks like to, this movie for me just came across it like you're – because that's so empty and yet the movie is so packed with all sorts of other things. Yeah. It's got this, this ridiculous drama, which also is a murder that's made up to look like a suicide. Which and then you, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then there's some, a torrid attempted affair between the step, between the stepdaughter. And, and then there's a whole conspiracy angle. And then he's meeting, um, two psychiatrists, one of whom might not exist. And there's this, a super weird Goldilocks yeah. thing with the psychiatrist yeah. because because there's one they visit the first psychologist yeah. where you have a door that just has a printout just like mm -hmm. literally a pre sheet of paper prints out the psychologist yeah. in the room and then you have this incredibly long pan down a boarding yeah. a boarding room table yeah. Yeah. and they're on other sides forty feet away it's like yeah. I think Dave you made a great point it's like doesn't doesn't this director have a friend with a couch <laughs> but then like in this total Goldilocks yeah. level he meets another psychiatrist. And her room is too small. It's clearly a storage area, and they're using plastic. They're using um, uh, metal folding yeah. chairs. Yeah. And it is very, very intimate. Yeah, and <laughs> along the way, the movie goes on to say that not only he might be cheating on one psychiatrist with the other psychiatrist, but that's okay because the second psychiatrist might not exist. <laughs> Well, she said she wasn't here anymore. That's right. There's, there's, there's a post that says Doctor Whoever isn't here anymore. And then it shows the room, and she's sitting there, and then she, like, fades out. Yes. This is a film. I'm wondering if the, this happened in this other film, man. There, I've never seen a film that did so much about people slowly disappearing. Pastor was this the one. same way. It was always Neil Breen that was oh. disappearing. Oh. Okay. So he did the same thing. And oh, so later on he became a super spy. And like that, <laughs> that, that might be his secret power. <laughs> in pass-through, he would always walk up to like uh -huh. this hill or something. Uh-huh. And he would stand in front of it. Or it may have been like a cave entrance or something. Uh -huh. And he would stand in front of it and then he would just vanish. <laughs> he would fade out. <laughs> it's like, why? Did the movie the movie never explain why no. he would as no. opposed to just disappear no, we, in the cave? We were trying to figure it out, and there was one point where he like died or something. He was on the ground, and then like the second him comes out of his body and like walks off, like what? <laughs> Did, did he just like spirit walk? What's going on? Is he dead? And it, it, no explanation. Yeah. And it just goes to the next scene, just like this film. Yes. This is a film that is full of complete non sequiturs. There's like a, a sexy, after he gets hit, there's a sexy pair of legs that walk out of the car uh, and nearly get the black cube out of his hand but he grabs it at the last uh, moment right. and uh. the legs or who owns them is never shown again yeah. nope. there's a another disappearing pair of legs that sneak into and out of his house yeah and i assume that's neil breen but i don't know for sure but they but there's a scene where they sneak into the well there's a hilarious moment where it, it teleports like this way fades in on one outside uh. fades on the inside it does this three or four times and then later, it invades the house where he's in it. He's still in the bed. Mm -hmm. And then that opens the door. Yeah, oh, yeah. lazy. Yeah, yeah. Lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, this is a what, what a hell of a... This is like a Quentin Tarantino fest that never have legs been shown so much. <laughs> and then they're just over and over and over again. Yeah, I don't... I think that was a thing in pass-through, but I don't yeah. remember. For sure. I mean, what what was that about? Is it they missed a tripod that week or something? <laughs> it's quite possible. There's a, there's a there's a hell of a lot of that, and there's and there's a lot of the disappearing thing. You get you think that this magic black cube has these mystical powers, maybe, except it disappears from him three times, yeah. and then later you he's holding it. So right. what? And he put it back in the box where they originally got it from, too, right? Yep. And then it appeared later on in his hand. In his yeah, hand. in one of the worst green screens <laughs> I've ever seen. It is He's filmed in front of some Lincoln Memorial-looking thing, but in a manner that makes him look 
18 feet high and almost <laughs> as tall as the building himself. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he did that in pass-through as well, as I was mentioning. But oh, it was man. like he had interior... Uh, I may show you a little bit of it after we're, we're done. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> um, uh, they had like uh, like an interior of a mansion. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, the one staircase that where the, that was just a real thing with the two staircases. Uh-huh. I think that was in there also. So he gotcha. had a friend that has a mansion or, or something. Right. But the rest of them were like green screen, just green screen mansion. People standing around, dressed nicely, uh-huh. chatting, and then he like walks up to them and. Just, ranting about whatever political banking thing. <laughs> in a charming moment while he's ranting, there's an assassin comes in through the bushes. Um, oh, before he does that, every time, everything he says about the evils of the conspiracy is met with rousing applause by the press. It includes one time where there's a shot of bushes with nobody there, like, and the bushes are like, that's yeah, all yeah, applaud yeah, as well. Yeah. But then the next time it cuts through the bushes, you see the assassin. That's, that's right. And in, another, still. and in another charming moment, you can clearly see that exact same memorial breed sitting in on the behind the bushes. <laughs> you only can use that one. Only use that one shot. <laughs> Oh man! I, I wow, yeah, I I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> yeah, I I I think like Sharon's onto something in that this is a this is a um is that he is trying to do things like David Lynch yeah, to mess with your head mm-hmm. to put you in a weird place, and, but like. Ed Wood, he's just terrible at doing well, that. And I got this like thing. It's just like people who don't appreciate Lynch. This is must be what they see it as. <laughs> like I love Lynch, and this is what they. If I show somebody who hated Lynch and everything, or didn't quite get it, or show them Twin Peaks, this is probably what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. this is like this. You know, I think I, this is probably what they see. I think. I think and so. And like you said, you made a good point too. You were saying it was like it was like a Lynch, only with like Lynch is just really great haunted house, but like the lights got put on. You know, in this haunted house. You know. Right. Then you, you know. see all the strings and stuff. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah. See all where all the where all the, yeah. the get or the trap doors and stuff. Are yeah. Set up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's it, right. It's like he's constructing it, but he just does not get there for you to believe in whatever uh, you know nightmare world he's uh, trying to present. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you just you just think, boy, he just had, must have had a heck of a lot of garbage bags. Good <laughs> you know, to Walmart to build your to build this room, man. He, he, he went to some, Costco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He must he have had some spare ones hanging around, and hey, I know what I can do with these. Mm-hmm. This looks just like the monolith in two thousand one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but a guy, but a low budget dude. But you know what? I am. I I turned around. I, I'm a fan of bad movies for a long time. Uh-huh. And before I would just, in fact, like I'm part of a group that like does a mystery science theater esque riffing on on terrible films. But but when I started into it, I would just like thought, oh god, this is so stupid. Which of course this movie works on it. But uh-huh. but later as I as I saw like people who were, how do you put it? They were. They're just clearly out there to just try to make a buck by being exploitative or cheap and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know what? I'm gonna give and films like um, Dolomite Two, The Human Tornado, this this um, um, uh, underground vampire movie called Vampires, V A M P A Y A Z, and 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 the Neil Breen the Breen film. I'm gonna give these guys credit because it's while he can't effectively do anything on this. He's uh, clearly trying, you know? Uh, you know well, I, I, he has, I, he, yeah, he obviously kind he, of believes in what he's doing. He has, yes. You know what I mean? He obviously... Yes. yes. He, 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 there is... Exactly. He's yeah. trying for stuff and not just yeah. to like, he's not trying to rip off Lynch because there are people who try to do oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's trying to be spooky like that yeah. earnestly. Yeah. He, he has a vision. He just doesn't know how to execute it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm left really curious as to like how much how when when I see a scene that cuts so badly, I wonder how much is it an attempt to because there's several straight up ones which are so incoherent, like where where he opens a door and then he cuts and he's already in there. <laughs> I just wonder, oh wait, are you trying to make a message of duality or something? Or is it just did you just forget? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah there there's some scenes where it just like shows a scene and then it it cuts to something else and it's just like 
Well, well, I was thinking was about the whole idea that? I mean, Lynch likes duality. It was like the two, the, the two women are like, you got, you got the dark-haired wife and then the blonde and everything. And, and they're like, maybe things will be better. Like in um, uh, Lost Highway, mm -hmm. with the two, you know, you had the blonde and the brunette and everything. Maybe he was trying for that. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. There's some but, sort of yeah, mystic like, thing about like the connection throughout, uh, the, yeah. throughout the ages and then having like your... Your um wife have uh, your wife uh, had these issues that uh, you that you're because of because of something that she couldn't have possibly known about because she right. they, they cross cut her scene yeah. with um with them in the wood yeah, in the mountains yeah. mm -hmm. so there's no way she would quote unquote know that that's happening yeah. in, in, in any reality we can comprehend uh, but I guess he's talking about some mystic cosmicy kind of connection yeah. or something. Uh. <laughs> I mean, uh, I would love to see an interview of him and so on to just see how much. But, but I suspect, I just just my impression is, I suspect he he would be playing it completely straight, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm, I am. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to. I'm so glad this was my introduction to Breen, and I'm looking forward to more, more of this, more of this guy's stuff. I can't You're wait to failed. find any detail. Yes, to find any detail on the conspiracy. Which, by the way, said one of the rare moments of Korea of actual set of doing things differently in the movie is like when he shows after he's talking about conspiracies and how he, all these politicians should be not just punished. I believe he says. They should be eliminated yeah, yeah. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and then they cut to like six people who are in front of that exact same monument. So mm -hmm. just wait, are this some another monument 90 degrees <laughs> from them? Or is this happening in the past or the future? And each one of them says, I, as I and the other insurance companies have done bad and we have done wrong. And then they each do a completely different suicide thing. No, two of them shoot themselves. That's true. Do the same thing. Right. Then there's a, a hanging and then... And yeah, because at first I was thinking they were just going to pass the gun around. Yes, <laughs> that's right. There was different <laughs> yeah, yeah, that gun's... That, like, uh, Anton Chekhov will roll it on his grave because that gun's first appearance is just like a lady reaches out in the middle of a mattress and just pulls out a gun. <laughs> well, all right. This is a feeling that you get a lot from a uh, Neil Breen movie. Well... This is happening now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's roll with that. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, no, nah, it was a, it was a delight. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Any any final thoughts on Neil Breen before we move on to? <laughs> I would go. I, I'm I'm very like I said. I'm very I'm very charmed by him. I also want to note that that he has his, some of his character actors look pretty. His his the guy who plays his um their friends the uh, who's continually polishing just one mirror of the Ferrari because clearly whoever loaned it was not, not letting him touch anything else. Um, uh, he he I, he was my favorite character because he had a, a crazy reaction to every single thing. He his reaction most resembled this advertisement from the old Victory Auto Records of the guy whose door falls out of his car and he just waves his hands of gas and goes, whoa, whoa. And he does this throughout, whether it's a marital argument or finding out his buddy's in a car accident. He's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and the, the girl of uh, Neil Breen's eight-year-old dreams who, when she grows up, she has a deadly um, similar look to that of Tara Reid. Uh, and considering Tara Reed's acting ads of like stuff like um uh, lately is about that level, I was yeah. almost sure it was. It actually is a different actress. Yeah, but, it was not her, but it but did look a little like her. Did 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 you guys get to be Neil Green fans, or would at least ever want to see any more of his work? Yeah, I think I might see it again. I mean, he's trying to give his porn stars work and all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, right. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. They, they, they look like they could have been poor. Yeah, you know, the, the actors, yeah, especially the women. There would be yes. Like, I mean, and there was no. I don't think there was any bras allowed on set. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. That's that's right. That first, like before the gun started and the garbage bag monolith came in, there was this very weird vibe because 
all the ways the, the cheesy sets, the cheesy acting, the the the, the camera moves, uh-huh. they were all lit like yeah. as if it was about as if uh, if some porno was about to take place, <laughs> except for the music, which was music by Neil Breen, right. and it's this Zamfir pan flute music <laughs> like you'd hear if you were over visiting a spa. Oh, and yeah. so, so the two things are just really like, yeah. wait a minute, this is just the most soothing hot porno action is about to take place. <laughs> I, I I loved I love that kind of sensibility to it, and he gets he goes to the pantaloon quite often. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many more breeds do you want to see? <laughs> well, I know I think he kickstarted his next one, or Indiegogo, oh, or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So he he is trying to make a new one. Uh, I believe it's been funded. I, I forget now. I I looked a while ago. Okay. Uh, so there's probably another one coming. Probably pretty soon. I doubt it takes him very long to, to make. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, and, oh. I, if I could just add one final thing for me on, on that, like my favorite scene is was a uh, happened near the end after a a pair of legs just show up in the house and then they dematerialize and then apparently they're causing some sort of mischief to a desk, causing a, a door to, a drawer to slowly open. And then, and then a piece of paper well, is slowly pulling. The, the laptop. The laptop. That's right. That's, that's right. The laptop moves out. To which I was like, "Oh no! Now the laptops are committing suicide. <laughs> <laughs> they can't take any abuse anymore." Yeah. Like um, sometimes they'd have like a conversation, and then it would just cut to a shot of the office with the three laptops. Yeah. And yeah. Like, oh, well, let's see what, what the laptops what? think. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. This is the, he is the king of the reaction shots, whether it's to to, to bad actors or inanimate objects. I don't know. <laughs> they think they both work in their own demented way. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on to our our next film. This was a Roger Corman production called Battle from Beyond the Stars. Uh, star Sybil Danning and what was it? Henry name? Thomas, I believe, was yes. the guy from the Waltons. Yes. Yeah. And Robert Vaughn. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and the guy who plays Hannibal. In right, the George Papard. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Robert Vaughn is is amazing. He he took his role very seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah, I could watch these scenes where he's in his starfighter fighting away, and then they just cut to him with a real sour, determined look as his eyes dart back and forth, and just like I could watch him just, just so, stare down these ships all day. So Battle from Beyond the Stars is about a planet that's threatened by some intergalactic bad guy, yeah, warlord, or something. Yeah, warlord or something. So the guy leaves his planet to find mercenaries to fight with them because they're peaceful yep and he he has a brief struggle with trying to kill someone until the computer says hey you should just do it because you have to you're saving says, a life you're, you're right you're and a that's, life. that's the end of the moral you're dilemma life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah henry yeah, thomas sure. henry thomas put me in a weird place he's clearly doing the luke skywalker role yeah. and it weirded me out because simultaneously he is very clear even in this movie and all the cheesy things he's doing that he's a better actor than Mark Hamill oh, yeah. from A New Hope but at the same time he's also kind of a dick because oh, yeah. there's one moment where people are telling him about the plan and he just goes ah whatever <laughs> and when he's uh, trying to recruit a lady played by the wonderful Dar- Darlene Flugel who is uh, maybe most well known for people as the kick-ass female warrior who aids Conan and Conan the Barbarian. Uh, but as he's leaving, as she's saying she needs to stay in this location, he, he goes, well, I hope you're happy in here, What you, whatever you think of it. <laughs> yeah, it so was, he's, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I hope what, you're happy with your life here such as it is. So, right, exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. Wow, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then later he becomes downright bloodthirsty, like, oh, left, right, go get him, get him. Get him. <laughs> uh, that pacifism was about an inch deep, dude. Yep. <laughs> speaking about it, speaking about an inch deep, like, um, George Papard is, um, <laughs> is just totally the opposite in terms of dedication to Robert Vaughn's character. He is 
pickled to the gills on le- so many times he is staggering from staggering for his head. There's one part where he's hanging around to like a a um, steering column as if he's holding up the dear life, much like how um Carrie Fisher was high on cocaine during the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it does it not helped that he is pouring his whiskey from a belt buckle in a in a very inappropriately suggestive manner. Which also ties into what this movie is kind of trying to do, is it's kind of meant to be the silly, ra- raunchy yet silly version of Star Wars. Right. Yeah, right. Like it has some of the most suggestive spaceship. <laughs> Especially the initial one, which yeah. is a very faithful re- look at the female reproductive yeah, system. It, it looks like a yeah a uterus with boobs. Yeah, it's a, a very strange design. And none of the other ships look like that. Most yeah, of them yeah. are kind of normal. Yeah, <laughs> very very odd. <laughs> and then it has this one of the one of the um. Motley crew of the un, un, unmagnificent seven that help him out is um is this um, Valkyrie warrior lady played by Sybil Danning in like it, it's great to see her in the ship because she's like reclined and has her like chin and nose looking down on people like the ultimate like um uh um the like the ultimate Faye Dunaway yeah. like sneer like watch I'll do with with you and like one of my one of my favorite moments is she's describing about like how Valkyries live for battle even if even if they die and she says you haven't seen what happens when a Valkyrie goes down and like to Henry Thomas like mm, not, that's that's great folks it's like that Johnny Carson roast humor in your Star Wars that's what was missing. <laughs> Sybil Tanning is, is just amazing. She, uh, I I mean, she this, gets in her battle armor, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I saw this movie uh, about a month or so ago at a sci-fi film festival played the Davies Theater. And they had Sybil Danning who came up on stage mm-hmm. after they showed it. Nice! And she she was just... She's probably in her 60s by now, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. But she is still just... She was having a blast. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. The guy interviewing her, they were they were flirting a little bit. Oh, okay. It was it was really funny. Um, as she was leaving, she's just waving to everybody. Yeah. She's a total movie star. It was oh. it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's great to have like the uh, people who uh, I mean, they sometimes people just go cash a check. Like clearly, yeah. like. Yeah. Clearly, a George Papart was paid in whiskey. That is yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but 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 Vaughn and Danning and Flugel, they 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 totally sell it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I I don't. What did you guys think on Saxon? I mean, he was he looked like a cross between the Kratos God of War character and a very poor Mikhail Gorbachev uh, costume. I mean, what you had? Did you think he did the? He sold it. Uh. Okay. Vaughn was Robert Vaughn was dedicated to it. I'm I'm not sure Saxon would really care all that much. Okay. He yeah. he was a passable bad guy, mm-hmm. but I didn't really think he was into it that much. He's yeah. just like, yeah, whatever. I can yeah. be I can be a sourpuss, which I think was just his resting bitch face. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think his that's why his minions were great. I loved it. His, his minions was what sold yeah. it for me. There was there was great minions. <laughs> I, 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 I like I like yeah. Igor. It was it was. Staring at the Tesla coil and everything. That was great. Yep. Yeah. I, I did enjoy where they they sawed off the... There are these creatures. I forget what they're called. But they were basically like a hive mind. But they all... They, they were separate individual creatures. But they like basically shared a mind. So they capture one of them. And they're like, oh, we're going to torture you to get these answers out of you. They cut his arm off and he dies. Well, right after the doctor said... This was my doctor of torture. He is an expert in causing pain while leaving the victim alive. And they turn on the chainsaw like, okay, he's dead. <laughs> well, well, and then they attach the, you forgot the best part, yeah, they attach the hand to him. That's what I was getting at. They, so uh, Saxon's arm, there's something wrong with it. So they cut it off and attach the other being's arm that they just cut off. And then the other beings that are still alive take control of the arm and try to kill him. <laughs> so, so Saxon with a white gloved arm is like holding a knife to his own throat, like. Ugh. <laughs> it's just totally Evil Dead too. Yes, yes, exactly. 
<laughs> so yeah, they, they ended up cutting the arm off. And yeah. it would have been better if you'd seen it like crawling yeah, yeah. Shit. Amazing. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Although they did do that in the Cloverfield Paradox, which was on Netflix. Is that right? Oh. Okay. There, I forget the context, but some kind of interdimensional something or other. Mm-hmm. The guy gets in some kind of rift and his arm is just like gone. Mm-hmm. And then you see it later like falling along the ship. Oh. Oh. But they never explain like why it has its own mind, oh. why it's you know, can move on its own. He says it like the Adams don't, family. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm, I'm not right. recommending Cloverfield Paradox. Oh. It's really not worth watching. Uh, oh. Unlike, say, this film. This yes. film has, like, it spends its creativity more on doing these, like, uh, like old Borscht style, yes. like, kind of, kind of, like, again, raunchy, but not even in, like, an offensive, no, right? It's no. like a hustler kind of way. They're tweaking yeah. on it, like, yeah. the... Like the um, for example, one of the henchmen, like they they decide, oh, you know what? Let's just go run away. I was like, we don't. Want and, and oh, wait, wait. While they're at it, this planet has a wedding going on. Let's just go kidnap yeah. her. <laughs> Which later leads to their downfall. That's right. Exactly. See, they're, they're one weakness. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. And they had the big heart to heart at Henry Thomas, like. How do you reproduce on your home planet, kind of thing? Um, and uh, one of the things that kind of that got my uh, straight up blew my mind was when uh, they're started to be aided by a cargo ship, and you see the cargo ship, and there's a Confederate flag on it, yeah. uh, label on the the ship, and I was just wait, wait, wait a minute, hold on, I thought this was happening in another galaxy far, far away, but this is. Um, and later it's revealed it's Papard and he actually is from Earth. Mm-hmm. He has a collection of Western movies and he's um, uh, dressed in chaps and a, and a hat. He mm-hmm. smokes mm-hmm. and drinks whiskey. Mm-hmm. And they call him the Space Cowboy for some reason. Yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, I was waiting for the Steve Miller. Yeah. <laughs> they could not get the rights to it. <laughs> I think Firefly did the Space Cowboy better, but... Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, yeah, oh, and as we mentioned, really the, the, there's though. whiskey that comes out of his belt buckle, which is weird. Yep, totally <laughs> right, exactly. Later, someone even actually makes a point to say, um, uh, later makes a point to say, wait, you didn't dispense ice from that whiskey. <laughs> no, yeah, whiskey and soda. You didn't yeah, soda and ice. Yeah, no, I didn't make a mistake. <laughs> wow, <I'm> straight. <laughs> yeah, straight, right, straight from my belt. <laughs> um, yeah, the it doesn't. I could not get the rights for Steve Miller's Space Cowboy. I'm sure, but it was. Um, but it. I think the biggest, the best investment for it was to get the uh, the music was done by James Horner. Yeah, and James Horner is a. Um, uh, a uh, really, really great like um, uh, um, composer, and while this is clearly aiming for Star Wars esque yeah. things, uh-huh. it was it's rousing enough. You, it is. Is, you, you, you get the same shot of the bug like enemy ship blowing up for the 18th time. You're like, oh, okay, I can, I can go roll with it. <laughs> oh yes, there's there's two moments where I can clearly see that on the special effects that the sound literally is that. Literally sounds that some dude made in a booth with his mouth. <laughs> some look like they got a moon synthesizer yeah. Red Bull, but some literally come from like a Bobby McFerrin yeah. trying to imitate Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of sound effects, I think we should mention the the guy playing the, his keyboard. Oh <laughs> yes, my my favorite my my favorite uh, moment in the movie is when they have the big space battle at the end. Spoiler alert! <laughs> and they and they're and so it starts to get very very random. Even by this movie, this movie is mostly conventional. If if very derivative, but by the end it gets kind of really random where yeah. where you don't well, like wait what ship is shooting at what other yeah. ship it's it sort of yeah. got to be to the best to the mo- to my favorite incoherent moments and how oh. they were coming they 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 decided to just take them like one at a time instead of just going at the ship and all of them at once exactly right. well like, they right. the, okay they, I'll go and then you right know. well they I could not have the budget for that right they yeah. could not afford to, <laughs> to to show one ship with another ship <laughs> until the very very end oh they're they're they're, they're their uh, big effects budget, yeah. <laughs> but they were, um, but yeah, so it got pretty incoherent, and they were occasionally cut to some guy who looks like he's wearing a um, Oakland Raiders football helmet uh, play, uh, uh, playing, but firing 
but he's he's firing as if he's playing the most kick-ass organ solo <laughs> for his prog rock band. Like he has this huge flourish on his hand, like ta da, ta da, ta da, ta da, ta da, ta da, Exactly. It was just wonderful. I totally want to see more of that guy. Doesn't say a word. It might even be the same two shots, but I love him. I love that guy. <laughs> I think we've covered anything else. Oh, with the hot dog scene, man. Oh, Wanna go for the hot dog scene? scene? That's right. Um, yeah, so the, the beings that share like a collective mind, they're like, oh, what are those? And Picard says, oh, they're hot dogs. So, yeah, hey, okay, we'll try one. So the first guy takes one, hands it to the guy behind him, who actually takes a bite from it, and then, like, all five of them chew. <laughs> <laughs> right, they say something like, oh, it has sucralose and sodium nitrate. Like, yeah, a hot dog, Picard yeah. says. Oh, like, oh. there's no dog in this. <laughs> yeah, and, and, the, and, the and they use separate beans to cook it, too. Right. They yeah. For the fire boot, which is good. Yeah, Another, it never these, really ends up These cooking. two beings, it mm. radiate their own heat. <laughs> so they're using them to heat up the hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> because that just makes sense. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> These, I mean, it's cute, man, because it's clearly they, they – Unlike Breen, they, these guys thought up some half-baked yeah. ideas of a semi-salacious nature. Uh, and they thought up some kind of interesting ways they're going to use, mm -hmm. like, like, like there's a moment I find cute where there's a, a sonic tank which is causing the people's ears to bleed, almost as if uh, that 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 firing organ, prog organist, is going nuts on them. <laughs> but but they prepared goes, look at those aliens. Those don't have any ears. <laughs> <laughs> well, first he's like, "Hey, you two, get away from me! You're you're hot. You're too hot." Right. <laughs> but he turns like, around. Oh, no, they're volunteering. They don't have ears. Yeah. <laughs> so ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and coincidence. Yeah, and this is also a film that just has some. Random, just scre people screaming at the top of their lungs. There's a, there's a, um, a there's a like green-skinned alien yeah. lizard guy who has this oddly shaped cavity on the top of his head, who just just bellows it out for. It kind of looks like the same kind of mask that um, oh, an enemy mine. I can't remember his name. Oh, or Elias Gossett Jr.'s yeah, character Lewis from Gossett Enemy Mine. Kind of similar to that, colored differently, obviously. Nice. But, uh, kind of similar to that. But yeah, he's like yelling Vaseline at the top of his lungs or something. Like, I don't know what he was saying. Yeah. yeah. The Valkyrie shrieks like crazy too. She uses yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. And they have the, um, and they have um the, they have, instead of like C-3PO, they have a wise acre talking ship. Oh. In, in this like sense, you get the sense that this is a, a bunch of, you, which is like a Corbin you get the Corman sense. The mm -hmm. idea that these are guys in their 40s definitely trying to imitate stuff that guys in their late 20s were doing with the original Star Wars yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. So one of the tricks is like, well, instead of having C-3PO, let's have the, the ship have the voice of a of a, um, a tough waitress at a diner <laughs> and call her yeah. Nell. Kind yeah. of sassy and sarcastic. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then they just ways to make boobs and then meters and stuff. Right, right, yeah, that's true. Mel's has been around the block. And they do a fun part at the end where where Nell's some of Nell's circuits are fried, and so they're doing a countdown if you get the count all wrong. Which I think maybe maybe they were doing a gag on the whole silliness of having of having countdowns. Yeah, yeah, it's like thirty. 25, 28, 15. Wait. Yep. Did I say 15? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. So I, I want to briefly get back to Horner in that this was the second movie James Horner ever did for the music. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's he's done a lot of great films. He did the score for Titanic. 
Oh, okay. And Braveheart, Ransom, um, uh, the uh, Jade, Apollo thirteen, hmm. uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer, um, okay, and a so and Patriot Games and the other film noise films, um, and a couple of animated films like An American Tale and The Land Before Time. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, so he has had a great career that had a little bit of had he, we got the chance to get the start Corman of it. Roger Corman got his got him his start. Yes, yeah. that's actually pretty typical for Roger Corman. There's been a lot of actors that have. Uh, gotten their start working with his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so true. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola was an early director mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. working for Roger Corman. Mm-hmm. And Which, I want to even say Dementia 13 was a Corman joint that that uh, Coppola directed. But I might, I might be I'm wrong about sure. that. I'm not sure. Hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Francis Ford Coppola kind of went back to the Roger Corman. <laughs> well, uh, with, with Twix, yes. Later yes. in his career. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> such a good start <laughs> um, yeah it, it roger corman's films are generally worth watching they're they're not necessarily terrible i mean they're not good right actually, uh, right but they're usually entertaining and they're low budget and they're just trying to do the best of what they have mm-hmm. um like we were commenting some of their uh like oh, what's his name robert vine he had the like top of the jet ski. Uh, yes, the, it was very very fun yeah, seeing what, like what cheap household items were being yeah, used to yeah. be. So they were, but they were resourceful and they yeah. they worked. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite was like the firing console used on on the uh, uterus ship, which looked like the what you get for a dentist smear. Yeah. The assembly for a dentist smear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, I think if no one else has any other thoughts, I think we'll start wrapping things up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, like, do you, well, where would you rank, uh, battle, rank being the operative word here, uh, Battle Beyond the Stars with the other attempted um, Star Wars-esque things that happened, uh, such as, for example, Star Crash? I'm not sure. I've seen Star Crash. Oh, it's um, Han Solo play, type played by David Hasselhoff. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I have to see Star Crash. Yeah, it's also kind of more of a ripoff of, of Barbarella. And Barbarella okay. was, I don't know if it was trying to take, it was before Star Wars or not. And okay. I can't recall that. But in terms of cheesy sci fi, it, 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 that actually is my favorite line of all sci fi where some some uh, older, wizened scientist is trying to tell Barbarella, who's a space bimbo played by Jane Fonda, <laughs> he, he's trying to tell her, no, you see, we have to modify the interstellar. Um, compositation of the phase variants of the internal nucleoids and something like that. Uh-huh. And then when he's done with this one minute spiel, her reply is, whoa, that's nice. Clearly <laughs> 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 not understanding a that's single syllable what he says. Hey, all right. I was really surprised at the Oscars when they, it was her and someone else presenting an award mm-hmm. and she made a reference to Barbarella and I'm just like, Really? Wow. <laughs> I, mean, maybe, wow. I, maybe, I, I couldn't. Yeah, that's not what I would that what I would go for <laughs> for, for for her career. <laughs> I assume that was written for her. I don't think she would have made that up on her own. But yeah, I could be wrong. Right. Oh, right. From the in terms of like the Oscar pattern. Yeah. yeah maybe yeah. maybe that's where that comes. Maybe that's where that comes yeah. from. Um. Here I have to say, there's the in the wedding sequence. It was better than any uh, better than any equ- equivalent wedding thing in Attack of the Clones. So <laughs> so there so there is there is that. And yeah. I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this. This is partly my sentiment because I'm I'm not just, I'm a fan of like like I said I'm a fan of bad movies, but also. <laughs> I do appreciate when people clearly just have like a kitchen sink and four rooms and a bunch of blinking lights that don't oh. do anything. And they're like, let's go try and make a science fiction story. And I appreciate what they yeah. do here. I hope a lot more than George Lucas did with all of his CGI in episodes one, episodes one, two, and three. Because yeah. it's just so bloated and, and, and so much of it looks like uh, like the world's most expensive screensaver when you have all the CGI yeah. lights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Whereas here, people engaging, even if it's a corny, mm-hmm. cheesy dialogue and uh, silly, yeah. like not even double entendres, one and a half entendres. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, uh, even then, they do that. It's just 
they're people engaging yeah, each yeah, other and yeah. stuff. So uh, I don't know if you've seen Raiders, a story of the greatest fan movie ever made. The, the I've heard of it. It's a kids it's, it's do a perfect Netflix. parody. It's on Netflix. I, I highly recommend it. I saw it at the Critics Film Festival a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Very nice. Um, very, very nice. I, it's, it's the same kind of thing. These kids just they made a shot for shot remake of Raiders mm-hmm. Lost Ark, and they were really creative about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they obviously had nothing to work with. So uh-huh. they, you know, their boulders were probably paper mache, uh-huh. you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, it was a very faithful reproduction, and they ended up like meeting Spielberg. They shook their hands, and they were just like, "Oh my God, Steven Spielberg!" Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> it nice. Was, it was really cool, and, and the documentary uh, shows them. They filmed everything but the final scene. Mm-hmm. There was one scene that they hadn't filmed. So here they are as adults trying to get back together to film this one final scene okay. with an actual budget. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, a, oh, that's cool. So there's a little bit of suspense yeah. in the film as yeah. well. It, it was the, the scene with the airplane when they have the Indiana Jones is fighting the you know big buck guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was the only scene they hadn't filmed. Oh, so okay. That's, that's the scene they're working on. Oh, okay. Yeah. So It's a really neat story. It's, it's really cute. Cool, man. No, thanks for the recommendation. It's called Raiders, right? Raiders. Mm-hmm. Raiders. And nice. it's on Netflix now. Excellent. I, I just thought of it randomly a few days ago. I was like, oh, I wonder if I can buy that on, you know, Blu-ray. Or, the Blu-ray mm. was like $35. Oh. Like, no, oh. Okay. But huh. then I saw it. Hey, it's on Netflix. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's cool. Thanks, man. For for If I can offer a counter uh, recommendation for you guys uh, is uh, two things. One of which is... I'm inspired by how both these movies were guys who don't have a limited, very limited <laughs> yeah. step, but what they try to do with it. Some more successful, some uh, yeah. very much less. Yeah. But it reminds me of a real fun movie um, directed by Michelle Gondry called Be Kind Rewind. And uh, it stars like Jack Black as a guy who runs a video store, uh, but all the videotapes get destroyed. But he oh. wants to keep the rental store in business. So right. what does he do is that him and his friends from the neighborhood do literal cheapo recreations of RoboCop, Raiders, <laughs> Star Wars, using just household props oh in God. a desperate attempt to keep this video store afloat. And Michel Gondry is his total inspirational director because he's super creative. He's most well-known for directing uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless mm-hmm. Mind. Okay. And he's his... Creativity is so used in effect. When you see um, uh, Jack Black in a RoboCop outfit that's clearly made out of uh, uh, boxes that have been spray painted <laughs> silver, which still is better than anything that Neil Breen did, <laughs> it's um, uh, it's it's really something cool to see. And specifically with um, Battle Beyond the Stars on YouTube. Somebody did an immediate parody of Star Wars when it came out called Hardware Wars, oh, where the ships are irons and rolling pins and washboards, <laughs> and they literally have laser beams just done by scratching into the film, wow. and have and have wonderful parodies like instead of Han Solo and Chewbacca, it's a guy named Ham Salad, and and it's it's the Cookie Monster, but he's brown, so he's the Wookie Monster. Oh, okay. Princess Leia literally has croissants on the side of her head. <laughs> I have seen that part. It is so. <laughs> funny they're so they their version of hyperspace will cause you to like lose your mind and how ridiculous how ridiculous they've gone and it ends on a wonderful tagline of you'll laugh you'll cry you'll kiss for five bucks goodbye (laughs) so it's on youtube right now so highly recommend you guys to check that out out. yeah uh any recommendations sharon uh well i i don't know much about low budget movies but like That's my fine. favorite movie that i that really didn't cost very much money it's a very good movie is primer shane Carew used oh his, yeah used his family i mean actually his sister actually played his wife in that movie mm. i mean they didn't have any like scenes where they kissed or anything like that and like it was like his friends and they got it together and it's a really excellent science fiction movie and it's What's really really name? very good Primer. Primer. Yeah. Okay. I've seen I mean, it like it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't make that money for much money, and mm-hmm. it's, it's. I mean, it's, it's a really good science yeah, fiction movie. It involves a little it bit. It involves of... and it's very complicated. And yes. I, so I, I, I suggest you know watching that a couple of times with a pen and pencil. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. people have gra- people have tried to graph that online. Yeah. And there's something like 13 different. Levels, yeah, you have to do the track work. These people, yeah, are really like who was her? Yeah. yeah, I actually need to watch that again. It, I watched it, it once and I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, no, I, no, knew, I like, knew that was going to be the case, yeah, but after I watched it, I'm like, wow, that was 
more than I thought it would be. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a wonderful movie. Because, and, mm-hmm. and, and not only is the, all these levels make perfect sense, yeah. how the hell this guy thought this well, up? Well, it's like amazing. it was an engineer. I mean, James Earl is actually an engineer, so. Yeah. But, it like, it actually, really, it was somebody, somebody who actually, with a science degree, actually making science fiction, yeah. which made yeah. it even more, like, deep and everything. Yeah. But it's also a part of the story, because if you get yeah. confused, yeah. If you're with those it's two like, characters. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, mm-hmm. where, where is he, yeah. Oh, we, we can't understand this, but, hey, let's see what we can do with it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so. so. Um, yeah, so. That's our that's our film punch for uh-huh. today. Uh, join us next time. I know we're definitely going to do the Chicago Critics Film Festival. Uh, I forget the name of the movie now. Faster Color or something like that. Um, so an opening night should be a good one. So that'll be our next one. Might do another bad movie. Not sure. We'll, we'll see. Um, but you can find us on Twitter at Film Punch Meetup, and you can send us emails at filmpunch at gmail.com if you want to give us any suggestions or if you have any movies uh, that you would like us to film punch. So until next time, see you.